<laughs> Welcome back to another episode of I Don't See The Point, uh, the podcast where we are trying to get you to see the point of ballet. Uh, we've got some tea tonight. It's tonight. Grandma's. I'm um, tired. I've been up since what time 6.30. Is it? It's, oh gosh, it's half past eight already. Um, okay, so what are we doing today? Today we are doing something a bit different because we are talking about ballet movies or movies with ballet in them or portrayals of ballet in the movies. It's the summer, the Royal Ballet are performing, we haven't seen anything. I feel like a lot of people's first interaction with ballet is through movies and or TV shows and that can both be a good thing and a bad thing depending on said movie. And like the movie can make or break whether you when you're a kid, whether you become interested in oh, yeah. ballet, like with anything. I mean, like, how many of us decided that we wanted to become, like, a horse whisperer because we watched Spirit the Wonder Horse when we were kids? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what that is. Our listeners will know what Spirit the Wonder Horse is. Right. I hope. That's actually true. A lot of my ill-fated uh, career dreams were from movies. From movies, yeah. exactly. And um, now, when I'm just having a boring job, I watch movies about people with boring jobs to try and make myself... Oh, I do like, that too. Exactly. Yes. So, movies just shape our lives. That's yeah. Yeah, I think I actually started ballet because not started. So I started it when I was a child. Child. I started it when I was a kid, and then restarted it when I was a teenager because of a TV show. I remember my mum saying, "I hope you're not just doing this because of that TV show." And then I felt pressured to not quit. So (laughs) So ten years later, I'm still here. Um, Because as a child, my parents didn't let me watch as much like children's films. We have quite different oh, yeah. ballet viewing We do, actually, yeah. Because of my slightly wacky childhood, and also just because, contrary to popular belief, Kat and I are different people, we, are. we have not seen a lot of the same films. Um, so today we will be educating each other about the portrayal of ballet in these movies because most of the films that I'm going to talk about Kat hasn't seen and most of the films that Kat's going to talk about I haven't seen. Correct. First thing we're going to talk about is Barbie. In honour of the Barbie movie coming out this weekend i think it is it is this it's friday it's currently the 18th of july so yes three days time and i realized i don't have a single pink thing to wear we've been i know we're really struggling i suggested wearing ballet tights but this is especially apt because the barbie movie's coming out i think a lot of people's first interaction with barbie with barbie with ballet was through barbie and i know this because i've i've gone through the comment section on a Swan Lake um, full performance on YouTube and a lot of people were like, I saw this ballet first in the Barbie Swan Lake movie. Um, which is really cool. Do they use the music? They do. So, so the I think the one that most people will have seen is the Barbie Swan Lake. I was going to say, tell me what the Barbie... Because you it, had the Barbie. You had I the Barbie had Swan, Lake. Swan Lake Barbie. And I think I did too. It was gorgeous. Lovely. The plot was slightly, slightly, it was quite different. As I recall it... Barbie is, uh, first of all, she's Barbie. No, she is called Odette, but she's Barbie Odette. Um, And she's a baker's daughter, so Mm -hmm. she's human. And then we say, whereas in the ballet, she's a princess. And she... Famously not human princesses. Human (laughs) princess. What? (laughs) I just registered that. (laughs) He said in the movie... She's a human. Yes. Unlike in, in, like, unlike in the <laughs> ballet where she's a princess. <laughs> I meant she's a normal person in the movie. Sorry. To clarify, <laughs> princesses are humans too. <laughs> 
Sorry, I meant in the ballet, she is a princess and a human. Whereas, but it doesn't, we don't see that. We just see her already a swan. Yeah. And in the movie, she's a human. And then we see her becoming a swan. Because I remember um, very vividly that in the beginning of the movie, she's like baking some bread. She's wandering around her dad's bakery, doing things. She sees this horse running around outside. She runs around out. She goes outside. This is so stream of consciousness. <laughs> Sorry. She goes outside. I'll just try and explain it quickly. And no, because this is how she becomes a swan. She sees this horse and the horse is trying to be, is it, people are trying to capture the horse in the town. It's like a weird little French town. It sounds like Beauty and the Beast. Then she follows the horse. She's all, no, don't capture the horse. Let it run free. Or the horse causes some mischief and escapes. She it's follows the horse into the woods. The horse is a unicorn. Another difference from the ballet. There are no unicorns in Swan Lake Ballet. And she follows the horse behind this waterfall and enters into a magical land um, and then somehow gets transformed into a swan there by Rothbart. And then we follow, like, the normal Swan Lake story. Um, she falls in love with a prince when he... I don't know if it's in the movie where he tries to shoot her because that doesn't seem too PG. But yeah, she meets not. him somehow. They fall in love while she's a human. This is the thing. The movie has seriously confused my understanding of the ballet. Ah, because... Just like we were just saying. In the movie, she becomes a swan during the day and she's a human at night. And also in the classic movie, The Swan Princess. Do you remember this? No. It's another animated movie. I watched it in German. It was wonderful. Is so, this also a ballet movie? The Swan Princess? No, it's just a movie. Okay. But it's based on Swan Lake. That's why okay. it's confusing. Turns out there's a lot of swan mythology and it's quite confusing. And I think a lot of people approach Swan Lake not understanding the full plot because of these movies. That's an, that makes a lot of sense to me. Well, it's like when people go to see Sleeping Beauty, the mm. ballet, like we were talking about in our episode on Sleeping Beauty, what they have in mind is the Disney film. Yes. And maybe with Swan Lake, because there's not a Disney film with Swan Lake. Yeah, they definitely have When people have in go mind. to watch it, they have in mind the Barbie the, Swan the, Lake. Either the Swan Princess or the Barbie Swan Lake, definitely. I mean, but I she feel a magic like ballet as well. The there's a lot more magic in Barbie Swan Lake. There's no magic in the, in the ballet. There's a little bit of magic. Yeah, there's minimal magic. There's Rothbard doing magic. He's the only magic one. In Barbie Swan Lake, there's like, there's an additional fairy. And she's like a helper to like Odette. The fairy. There are also all these little helpers that Who's are... Frickle, frackle, it's Ivan. <laughs> Wait, is there a character called Ivan? Sorry, no. for context, Hermione's dad is called Ivan, so... <laughs> Um, okay, so there are Ivan. so there are all these little children that get that got turned into so, animals sorry, by Rothbard. Who is Prince Daniel? <laughs> well, it had to be a bit westernized from the German fairy tale <laughs> for the movie. Sorry, but the ba- so in the ballet, right? It's Prince Siegfried, yes. Odette, Odile, and Rothbard, and like those are basically the main characters. Yeah, and then there's the, there's the prince for his friend, but we don't really talk about him. Yeah, and he doesn't really have a name. And then sometimes there's the prince's tutor, He's and sometimes boring. there's a jester, and there's the mum. The mum, yeah. But Actually, there's quite a lot of characters. Un- they're all unnamed and unimportant. Yes, correct. Um, and there's the other princesses. And in this, there in are the, a ton of children. In the movie, a ton of children. Uh, again, bear in mind, guys, I've never seen this movie. But sorry, who is Daniel? And why is Ivan a small character? He looks terrifying well, so hang on, as well. Look at this. So Rothbart, as well as being malicious towards this random girl in the mm. forest, has also been malicious towards these children, mm-hmm. literal children, and he's turned them all into animals. Mm-hmm. I think the good thing about the movie is there's actually quite a lot of the original Swan Lake choreography. So, for example, you get yes. little children doing the dance of the cygnets, the little swans, and that's obviously really iconic. 
and I can't remember apart from that, but I think there's other iconic is, is... choreography. So that's Barbie Swan Lake. All in all, it's quite confusing, and I think it actually makes the ballet quite confusing. Mm. And the ballet is a lot simpler than the movie makes out. Mm. Mostly because it's quite a lot weirder. The ballet tries to explain things. Sorry, the movie tries to explain things. The ballet doesn't. Well, I guess that's the problem with trying to fit, like, a Tchaikovsky classic ballet, which really doesn't have a lot of plot, into, like, an actual narrative. We're mostly going to talk about movies today that show ballet dancers that are in our world and have ballet as, like, a theme rather mm. than movies that try to adapt to ballet. And maybe one of the places where the Barbie Swan Lake becomes confusing mm. is that it's trying to adapt like, oh, yeah, what absolutely. is absolutely bare bones of plot. Yeah. I, my, my main praise of the movie is that it uses the full Tchaikovsky score. Mm. And that's fantastic because I think everybody's familiar with the music from Swan Lake, from Swan Lake, because of this film. Mm. I Not mean, everybody. clearly the score, Many the people. choreography, the costumes are a massive sleigh. Oh, they are, yeah. Yeah. And see, look, the part of deux, they have this full Odette Odile. I really like the um, the Act 3 version of the movie because they, like, turn into... It's very obvious that it's Odile pretending to be Odette because it, it, it like, shows Odette in some shots and shows Odile in the others. Mm. Because I remember as a child, I got really confused by Act 3 mm. where Odile is pretending to be Odette because you just see the same person, mm. but she's just in a black tutu. Mm. So that's Barbie Swan Lake. The next of the ballet Barbie movies is Barbie wow. Nutcracker, yeah. And now this is... um. This really changes the plot. So much so that I can't remember what the plot is in the movie. Which is funny because the Nutcracker has more plot. It's, it does actually. So in the ballet, um, it's Christmas or thereabouts. The Clara, Clara and her family are having a Christmas party. Drosselmeyer comes in. He does some magic, we presume. And then late that night, oh, there's a Nutcracker that gets given to Clara. <laughs> That's quite important. Do you want me to tell us this one? <laughs> yeah, could you actually? In the ballet, in what the, happens? So in the ballet, there's a little girl called Clara and her family is celebrating Christmas and their uncle, Drosselmeyer, who is this sort of cool, spooky guy, comes to visit and he does all these fun tricks for the children to keep them entertained. Um, and he gives them all different gifts and one of the gifts is a nutcracker that he gives to Clara and the nutcracker is like... Um, it's not one of those like metal stainless steel ones. It's like a Wouldn't lovely, cracker. lovely German, a lovely cracker. dude, um, mm. a military dude. In the night, she sort of sneaks back down, and all the toys come to life. Um, and the uh, toy soldiers who are given to Clara's brother and the Nutcracker fight these little rat. Yeah, people. these mice. Yeah. Um, um, she comes downstairs and she kills the Mouse King with her shoe. She does. Yeah. Which, she, yeah. And then, as thanks, um, they get transported to the land, the kingdom of the sweets. Yeah, the Nutcracker's like yeah, and then they just watch some dancing. Yeah, that is the plot of the Nutcracker. Is they for just, the rest of they it. watch some they dancing. watch dancing. I had a picture book of the Nutcracker when I was a kid, and at the end of the bit in the kingdom of the sweets with the sugar plum fairy, the famous bit in the picture book, they all turn into bees and fly away. That's really weird. And I found it baffling as a kid i was like why are they bees so and then in the ballet i kept expecting them to turn to bees well, i was gonna say did you expect them yeah that's quite strange I was like, when's the, when's, when are, when are the bees the coming bee oh and sorry forgetting to mention at some point in that the nutcracker turns into a human oh yeah. <laughs> key plot device well um, i thought um, oh and there's the sugar plum fairy and the sugar plum prince yes. why is he a prince and she's a fairy i thought he was a cavalier sugar plum cavalier <laughs> i thought he was her cavalier 
Oh no, that's Sleeping Beauty, isn't it? Yes, it is Sleeping Beauty. Yes. Well, you can't be a princely fairy. So, in the movie, the, all the Christmas stuff happens with Clara. She gets given the Nutcracker. She gets shrunk. Okay. That, I don't know if we mentioned that. In the ballet, she shrinks. I didn't think she... No, she shrinks. Oh. Because famously, everything... The, famously, the Christmas famously, tree the grows. Christmas tree grow. I thought that was just the tree growing. Didn't realize she shrunk. She's shrinking. That's the first... Actually, that that's the first the time I've made that connection. I thought... Because in the movie, it was obviously... It was very clear to me that she shrinks because of context. That's not in the that, synopsis. That wasn't in the picture book either. Right, that's the keys. Um, the, that is my favourite bit in the ballet when the tree grows. And famously, last time I saw it, the tree broke. Nerve wracking. And I knew exactly what happened immediately. Yeah, I turned to my dad and I was like, it's broken. We're gonna have to start again. The curtain's gonna close. Clara's having all these Christmas family festivities. In the movie. In the movie. In the Barbie movie. And then she goes to bed. She's given a nutcracker. She goes to bed. She shrinks. As she goes do. downstairs. No, she goes downstairs. Maybe then she shrinks. And there, again, there's this fighting between the toys uh, the mice and the soldiers, an epic battle. She fatally wounds the mouse king she with her shoe. She him on the head. And then, as thanks, I think again, she's transported. I can't remember if they run away. There's some sort of epic pilgrimage with the Nutcracker where they're travelling. And she's with someone else as well, and I have no idea who. Again, there's some dancing in the second bit of the movie. So, similar to Barbie Swan Lake, it uses the score of the Nutcracker. And... A little bit of the choreography as well. The last ballet Barbie movie is Barbie and the Twelve Dancing Princesses. And this is not based on any known ballets. Known ballets. Any, <laughs> any known ballets. Any ballets. It's basically these princesses, 12 princesses, and their mum's dead, which is quite similar to a lot of ballets, actually. They've Pause, got a wicked stepmother. Is it stepmother. based on the fairy tale, the Twelve Dancing Princesses? Oh, I didn't know there was one. It could be based on the fairy tale, The Twelve Dancing Princesses, where um, three sons actually are really the main characters, and they get hired by um, they get hired by a king to um, see if they can sort out why this um, king's twelve daughters are exhausted all the time because they're just falling asleep twenty four seven. And the youngest, there's three of them. The first two fail as they always do in a fairy tale, and the youngest one um, puts a sponge in his beard. Um, and <laughs> and um, when the twelve, um, when the eldest of the twelve princesses gives him a glass of wine to drink in the evening, um, he sponge. like pours all the wine into the sponge. Just throw it over your shoulder like a normal person. <laughs> well, she's watching him, isn't she? Oh, okay. I don't know. It's always stayed. That's me. weird. Um, Sorry, no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just pouring it into my beard. Don't. I'm just. No, I'm drinking. I'm drinking. <laughs> what? Um, That's really weird. And then um, he pretends to go to sleep and then he follows all of them um, as they, like, disappear into the night and he realises the reason why they're exhausted all the time is because they've been dancing all night. And they dance all their shoes to, like, so that none of their yes. shoes... Um, so the sons don't exist, but they do just dance Get rid of all men. the time. There's, a st- there's an evil stepmother, as there often is, and she... I don't know what kind of vendetta she has against the children, but she wants to... Oh, I know. She makes the house a really boring place and makes them wear all grey and stuff because it's a lovely household. They're dancing all the time. They're known for dancing all the time. And then this stepmother comes in and she um, makes them learn things, I think, and makes them dress in grey. Sorry, can we appreciate this plot line? Which is not at all based on the fairy tale, as it turns out. Local <laughs> girls spend all their time <laughs> dancing 
mum comes in, makes them learn things and dress boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, Truly, that's my memory. The greatest problems in life. So that's Barbie ballet. They were quite cool. I'm mm. glad that they exist. Mm. I'm sh- I think they definitely had a part to play in me becoming a ballet fan. One of the first ballet movies I ever watched is the 1948 Pearl and Pressburger film, The Red Shoes. I got into ballet more through books. There was a book series from the 1950s I was really into than I did from films, but this film was very iconic. And unlike the Barbie movies that we were just talking about, this film is not only live action, but also it is about a ballet dancer, Mm. a ballet company, actually, rather than necessarily portraying a ballet story. Well, it also portrays a huge chunk of ballet. No, it's it's a lot of ballet, like, isn't it, if I remember correctly? Yeah, it has, like, a very long ballet yeah, sequence. Yeah. Which Basically I, portraying a choreographed ballet for the ballet. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, which is brilliant. It is based very loosely on the Ballet Russe, which was a ballet company from the 1910s and 20s, one of the most famous ballet companies ever to have existed, run by an artistic director called Diaghilev, who is sort of the OG stereotype that we'll talk in a lot more detail about later, of the ballet artistic leader, the older man who shepherds his dancers, Mm. building slightly uncomfortable relationships with them, the sort of auteur theory, but Mm. in ballet. Um, I I actually don't know what the auteur theory is. About directors, like, where you, like, privilege the director's creative inspiration into the movie above all other contributions. Right. Black Swan. Well, Black Swan is basically riffing on the same thing, but just, like, really badly. Yeah. But The Red Shoes, I think it's especially cool because it has Moira Shearer, who was an esteemed ballet dancer of her day. It does. It actually has some of the most famous ballet dancers of the 1940s in it. So it has Moira Shearer, it has Robert Heltman, who was the absolute rock star of British Ballet at the time. Um, and it has Leonard Messine. I'm probably not saying... He probably didn't say Leonard. I don't know. Because was he French or was he Russian? Leonard. And it also has Lynn Ministerina. It has an insanely good ballet cast. Um, all top dancers of the period. And Messine actually did a lot of the choreography for the ballet section. He did some of the first ballets ever performed by the Sadler's Wells Company, which went on to become the Royal Ballet. The plot is, again, not actually hugely detailed. Mm. So the plot revolves around three central characters. One is this sort of artistic director character, who's played by Anton Walbrook, who's also a very good actor from the period. One is this ballet dancer, played by Moira Shearer. And one is this young composer, um, who is an absolute waste of space, in my opinion. Um, (laughs) And the opening of the movie has this wonderful sequence of the compo- the young composer character and all of his like young university friends running up the stairs to get the front seats yes, in I what remember was this. then the gods. Oh, um, yes, I remember this. The absolute top amphitheatre seats um, and all pushing each other out the way in order to um, get the best view of the performance. And I just, as a ballet What's fan, I loved that. It's, it's a modern ballet from the 1940s, oh, so it's cool. something never performed now, I think. <laughs> the artistic director character sort of discovers the young ballet dancer played by Moira Shearer. He also sort of discovers the young composer, brings them into his company, his travelling company, which is based on the ballet roots, and they travel around for a little bit, and it's clear that the artistic director character has a sort of obsession 
with Vicky, the young dancer, and during all of that time, Vicky and the young composer fall in love. So there's this sort of tension between will the artist director find out about the relationship? Mm. And it all culminates in this performance of the ballet, The Red Shoes, the eponymous ballet, The Red Shoes. Which is based on... Um, which is based on a fairy tale Hans about... Christian Anderson. Yes. Yeah. And is just a magnificent, as a film fan and as a ballet fan, it's a magnificent use of film technique mm. to make a ballet film, not to make a ballet. Because the filmed sequence of the Moira Shera character dancing to the Red Shoes Ballet, which culminates in the closing of the movie where the character, as opposed to the danced version that she's doing in the Red Shoes Ballet, runs out of the theatre and jumps in front of a train. If you haven't seen the film, you're probably thinking of Black Swan right now. Just Black Swan does everything that this film does, but just like a thousand times worse. And without casting an actual dancer. Mm. Sorry, Natalie Portman. But the, the Red Shoes Ballet sequence uses various techniques. So one thing it does is it shows Moira Shera jumping into the oh, red shoes, shoes. Yes, and they tie so themselves cool. up and the way they did that was they had tiny threads on the ribbons and then they pulled the threads and they tied themselves oh whoa um like a puppet yeah, yeah and they also have a sequence where she dances with a man made out of paper and all of these things that you couldn't really do it's quite in a it's a bit production. like a fever dream actually the ballet that's how i would describe the I ballet section i think it's section. quite reminiscent of cuz the the actual myth in the ballet is a girl that basically dances herself to death mm-hmm. very like giselle mm-hmm. um in that aspect i found that quite traumatic as a kid whenever i watched this i can't remember yeah it's, it's incredibly quite traumatic and and this is really like this is why i said it's a big change from the barbie movies because this is quite a depressing film oh it's really depressing, and it covers yeah. like the toxic elements of ballet companies and i mean like, she dies she kills herself yeah. yeah um and it covers a lot of the really negative sides that we associate with ballet now and it sort of was one of the first pop culture things to mm. to pitch the sort of toxic side of ballet narrative that we're now so so familiar with well segueing i think straight from that into black swan yes black swan i think we can you know i think it's quite well known now that it's obviously an incredibly inaccurate portrayal of ballet company life and toxicity and i'm not saying that that toxicity doesn't exist we've definitely heard horror stories especially from russian companies where there tends to be a lot more competitiveness amongst the dancers like you see in black swan um it's interesting to me that it portrays an american company Mm. because it seems quite like russian coded um for what it is but that might just be like it's hollywood i guess i think so in black swan you've got nina a dancer who doesn't appear to be a principal. Mm. I think that there's a loose understanding of what a ballet company actually involves. No, that's that a weird thing. It it doesn't really give you much context as to what how it a ballet company. It also implies that like all the dance. If I recall correctly, it also implies that like all the dancers are like vying for like the Odette O'Deal role, right? Yeah, which is just not how it doesn't works. Doesn't make sense because you'd have like what eight different dancers doing that role in a run. Yeah. Like yeah. Why are you... You don't have one person being Odette or Odile in one. So, yeah, you've got Mila Kunis's character and Natalie Portman's character vying for the role of Odette Odile. And then other... And Vincent Cassell's character, who is the artistic director, who also is 
apparently the only repetiteur as well yeah. who coaches them. Which I mean, doesn't make sense. Which just doesn't... Like Kevin O'Hare's out there, like... He was the artistic director of the Royal Ballet. Yeah. He, he doesn't... I mean, he coaches them, but he doesn't... It, not all the time. It's just very strange. It just involves a lot of really creepy scenes. And then she sort of goes mad, doesn't she? Is the she idea. Does. And she then does. she's sort of turning into swan. Into swan. Into swan. And um, by the end... I feel like there's this fascination with dancing perfectly. And I feel like maybe that's the only thing which dancers do really grapple with, which is the idea of being perfect and not ever reaching perfection. I think anybody that does ballet has felt that feeling of mm. there is a perfection out there. They f- feeling like there is a, a standard of perfection to reach when you're doing ballet mm. and never being able to get there. And it's one of I the think, most yeah. mentally challenging things to deal with in ballet. Mm. By no means do I think that the film covers it well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because she dies in the end and she goes, I was perfect. Oh, which is so annoying. Oh, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. Also, I mean, while I spoke about this a bit earlier and genuinely, like, no shade to Natalie Portman, but obviously one of the quote-unquote scandals coming out with the filming of Black Swan mm. was that Natalie Portman got a lot of credit for her dancing in the film when actually most of the dance scenes are a... I think she's from ABT, but yeah, I, I think she wrong. is too. I An think American, a dancer yeah. from American Ballet Theatre dancing with Natalie Portman's head CGI'd on top. And yeah, obviously, if not the end of the world, she's a body double and... Well, what, what was strange to me was that was a scandal that came out when it's obvious to anyone that does ballet the that, not... that they used a body double. It's yeah. so obvious. Yeah, exactly. And you can see in the scenes where Natalie Portman, you see her sort of upper body you can doing dance. You can see that she's obviously done a lot of work. And yes. I think I really admire the work that she put into the film. But it's it it takes years and years of training to get to that point. You yep. don't just become Uliana Lopatkina in three months. In three months, exactly. And, and I think the reason it was controversial was because it did sort of belittle how much of people's lives are like given up to becoming like that my other gripe is that um Mila Kunis and Natalie Portman were it was an incredibly harsh training scheme on their bodies they both lost a lot of weight they did famously and I'm not sure I don't know what the training scheme was like I can't speak to whether it was a healthy or unhealthy way that they lost that way I don't like the idea that actors, it's again, it's this method thing, I don't like the idea that actors have to hurt themselves to play a role. Yeah. It is, that is not a good standard to set. Agreed. And especially, 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 especially not with this type of movie. It just, it, it feeds into the toxicity of it ballet. It actually makes becoming because an actor what, like becoming a dancer just in the sense of like, yeah. or like it sees becoming a dancer. Well, what annoys me now is that the public perception of the movie is so tied in with the training schemes that the yeah. two actresses put themselves through that the sort of fabric of the movie and the fabric of the the, the, the training for the movie become the same thing because they they went through so much difficulty to get to a point where they could play a character. That's just insane to me. Yeah, yeah, and and actually just means that the movie becomes what the movie is criticising ballet. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say, yeah. Yeah, which is awful. As a movie fan, I just don't believe it's a very good film. But um, And it's also obviously riddled with sexism and weirdness oh yeah but it's homophobia i would say i would say homophobia big time <laughs> in general i think pretty much universally frowned on by ballet dancers yeah absolutely trail. so we've obviously been talking about a lot of films that revolve around female dancers mm. thus far but one of the most famous ballet dancers of all time mikhail Baryshnikov, or my darling Misha, as my mum calls him, made a lot of movies in the 70s and 80s. Uh, There's actually a couple of really good films. Well, okay. There's a couple of films I really enjoy. 
with Britain Coven. So very quickly shout out to The Turning Point, which is a film that he actually doesn't have a huge part in, but watch his scenes doing Giselle. It's about a young girl becoming a ballet dancer, quite dull. A really excellent film with him in where I think actually he sort of gets to flex his acting chops more than his dancing chops necessarily, it, to the point that I would hesitate to call it a ballet film, is White Nights with him, Gregory Hines and um, Isabella Rossellini. Oh, Isabella Rossellini? Isabella Rossellini, isn't it? Greg Hines is a really good dancer um, as well in this period, very different style. Um, And so making White Nights allowed Misha to try out styles that weren't ballet. So one of the things that is fun about it is watching someone who is very classically trained do other styles and do them very well, but do them completely uniquely. Mm -hmm. And when you watch... Misha's style next to Greg Hines, you can see a huge amount of difference in terms of the ballet training versus without it. The film follows a narrative about a Russian dancer who defects from the Soviet Union. And Why, that's then, awfully familiar. Yes, almost like Baryshnikov's own life. He <laughs> defected from the Soviet Union. He defects from the Soviet Union, um, but he ends up trapped back in Russia. Um, oh, no. Yes, and has to get out again. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen White Nights. So I really need to see it. But let's go to one of Cats. One of my favourite films. So one of my favourite films, um, ballet films, is Centre Stage, the 2000 film. And this is really good because it has a lot of dancers from ABT, I think, American Ballet Theatre, and is based on the School of American Ballet. But it stars two non-dancers. I have not seen them. No, they're not non-dancers. They were dancers then. Oh. Including Zoe Saldana. But basically, the main character is called Jodie, and she is played by Amanda Schull, who I don't know. She she I, she doesn't dance still. She she definitely was a trained Amanda dancer. Amanda Schull is a former professional ballet dancer. I did not know that. There you go. So they're all trained dancers. This is the fantastic thing about this movie. None of the actors in this are um, not dancers. <laughs> so the main character, uh, Jodie, wants to become a professional ballet dancer. The opening scene sees her auditioning for the American Ballet School. And she gets in. Her parents don't think she will. And then she goes, she moves to New York. And it's a little bit dodgy. The film kind of shows you how far the ballet world has moved on since 2000. Because the things that happen in the film are sort of controversial, Mm -hmm. but not that controversial. So one of the main plot points is that she dates a principal dancer Mm -hmm. when she's in the school. Oh dear. Oh dear. Played by Ethan Stiefel. There's also, like, themes of one of the students in the ballet school, she's kicked out because she's put too much weight on. I mean, that's just the 2000s. No, this is what I mean, is that that was, that happened. That happened, no, but it was also the ballet world in the Mm. 2000s. I don't know if anybody, I can't say for sure that anybody was definitely kicked out of a ballet company or a ballet school but I wouldn't for be that weight. But I'm pretty sure that that did actually happen. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. And definitely people were pressured to lose weight, um, didn't eat very well, lots of the eating disorders abounded. The early 2000s was also the heyday of the most famous, really, really, really slender dancers. Like Sylvie Guillaume. Well, Sylvie Guillaume's a bit earlier than the 2000s. True, but, that's true. But yeah, that Sylvie Guillaume started the trend for, basically. Svetlana, because um, She's she a bit later. She's a bit later. Like, yeah, this Ileana person and this person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yulia Makalina, the Marinsky basketball team. Um... Is the name for them because they were really tall. Oh. Because um, they were all really tall and thin. I didn't know that. Um, 
So it does represent a lot of the the issues that were, but not necessarily. So it does represent them in a negative light, not the relationship with the principal dancer, but the sort of weight issues. It represents them in a negative light, and there is a character in the movie with an eating disorder, a different character, who. Um, is sort of like pressured into ballet by her mother and she doesn't really want it. Again, these are like really prevalent, you know, things that we see in ballet. So it, I think it represents them quite well. In the movie, we have Jodie, who's a very good ballet dancer, but she's not necessarily naturally gifted. Another struggle that a lot of dancers deal with in the ballet world is being very good, but not quite having that physicality to become a professional ballet dancer. So she's really fighting against that. And we see her classmates and uh, peers in her year all struggling and you know trying to make it through the year and ultimately trying to make it into the company throughout this she develops a relationship with a principal dancer in the company which is quite weird but he sort of wants to break away he's 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 quirky he's different he's not like the other boys in the ballet dance in the ballet company he wants to do modern dance oh they so always he, want to do modern dance they always want to do modern dance but he wants to basically he ends up creating his own company mm -hmm. um at the end of the ballet which is quite cool mm -hmm. and wait isn't he like 20 something I don't know. One of the great things about the movie, like The Red Shoes, is that it, is that it includes a really, really long um, section where it's just dancing. And this is really cool because, so there are two bits of dancing. There's one bit that's sort of meant to be like a, a boring traditional ballet. And that ballet is actually choreographed by Christopher Wheldon. Yeah, I've seen this clip. I've seen these bits of it. The longer ballet is choreographed by Susan Stroman. Not sure how to yes. pronounce that. And it's a really, really cool ballet. It's quite fun. It's set to rock music, I think. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it hey, I really like this because it shows you how different ballet can be and how modern it can be mm -hmm. while still being classical choreography almost, mm -hmm. while still being classical moves. It, you can have basically... Because there was a trend for a while, and correct me if I'm wrong, where it was almost the perception where you couldn't have a modern ballet where dancers were in point shoes. Mm, definitely. And everybody was wearing flats, they were doing modern movements, they weren't... It was almost like it had to be slightly weird to be mm, modern. Mm. And this, I think, totally broke that stereotype and yeah. uh, shows you that ballet can be traditional, but also modern. See, like, people like Wim McGregor and actually yeah. Chris Wilder Lau. Yeah, exactly. And choreography. Um, yeah. And so it's quite cool for that reason. And the dancing's really good and I really enjoy it. So we're just going to sign off with some things that you should look out for in coming months slash weeks. First thing we want to call your attention to is that booking for the next season opens relatively soon. I know that Young ROH booking opens on the 1st of August and General on the 2nd. So yes, you can get your £25 tickets for the ballets. We'd recommend Don Quixote, Nutcracker, you can only buy for the first section of the season. You can only buy from now till... December. December. Yeah. I'm going to see the Australian Ballet. I'm really excited for this. In August, I'm going to see Jules. And I... I saw... Did we even talk about this? I saw the Birmingham Royal Ballet. BRB2. The Young Dancers of the Birmingham Royal Ballet in the Limbury Theatre in the Royal Opera House. And they were really, really good. It was so awesome. And Carlos Acosta was there, sitting in the audience with us. Valentino's Chitty was there. Not next to me. It was so good. They were so talented. It was such a nice way to see lots of different ballet. If they do it again, I really hope they do, because I feel like it's such a nice tradition to have to showcase your young dancers. Mm -hmm. um, then I'd recommend it all. Go follow us on Instagram. We've had a massive Cat's boost. been doing an insanely good job. I'm on TikTok too. I post different things on TikTok. Shout so. out to business and social media manager, Katia Johnson. Lads, I'm tired. Mommy's had a full day at work. I'm going to bed. It's nine o'clock. It's not nine o'clock. It's ten o'clock. I'm really tired. Okay. 
Goodbye, folks. Goodbye, lads. Thanks for listening.